What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by the boys for the first time in almost two weeks here. That is Kyle Sapi. He can be found on Twitter at KyleSapiPFN. That is Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at Derek Tate NFL. Gentlemen, I will start here with you. The band is back together, Sapi. How are we doing here today? It feels good. We're back. We're Better than ever, it's week 10. We're here to make dreams come true. We're not true in some cases, so that's just where we're at these days. Derek, how you doing? If we're talking about getting the band back together, I'm assuming Kyle Yates is the lead singer. Soppy's probably on guitar. What instrument do I play? Maybe the drums? I'll you take it. You could be a drum guy. I, har- harmonica. I feel like <laughs> Derek's a severe like harmonica guy. Like I feel like that is his vibe, <laughs> just rocking the harmonica. Uh, gentlemen, let's get into some start-sit conversations here for Week 10. Week 10 already. It's not going to be too much longer here before the fantasy playoffs are upon us. We are going to talk through a ton of players here, but if we do not talk about a player that you have on your fantasy football roster, the start-sit optimizer is absolutely free over at pfnfantasy.com. You can enter in up to six players here. Get your lineup decisions correct here with our consensus rankings these are constantly updated so make sure to check in frequently here on the start set optimizer the link for that can be found right here in your podcast or youtube show description additionally the pfn fantasy discord this is where you need to be here to get into our awesome community jason katz is leading the charge here answering people's questions day and night literally day and night i think he answered one the other day at like 2 a.m so jason katz over here on the pfn fantasy team answering questions in the discord again it's absolutely free to join the link can be found right here in your podcast or YouTube show description. Gentlemen, NFL teams on by here in week 10. we got some big ones. Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Rams, Miami Dolphins, and the Philadelphia Eagles here. So some key names, especially at the wide receiver position that are not going to be available here for us this week. Let's get into it. We'll get to the wide receivers in a second. Let's get to running backs here. Sapi, I will send this to you first. Who is a running back that you are looking to start this week? I'm going to start with James Cook here, and it's a, it's a little he's a hot buttony kind of guy like the usage is up and down the touchdowns are hit and miss but listen he's got the Broncos this week that's the worst run defense in the league on a per carry basis and James Cook just does enough he does enough to get into lineups he's got five games with at least three catches this season 4.7 yards per carry for the season and he's got some juice to him he's got at least an 18 yard touch in six of his last eight games to me there's enough upside here to justify starting him even if the scoring potential isn't where we need it to be So James Cook is someone that I'm struggling with here this week. Right now at RB20 on the week here for me. However, the potential that Leonard Fournette is brought up to the active roster and plays here this week, that is something that scares me a little bit. So let's talk about that potential here, Sapi. If Fournette is active here this week and starts to see some work here, do we have concern about where we rank James Cook? Does he move down the rankings for you? I want to see it before I believe it kind of thing. So no, it won't change my week 10 ranking. Could it change week 11, 12, 13? Sure. But what's he going to do? Take away from James Cook touchdown expectancy at this point? That's next to zero as it is. So, no, I'm not anticipating a big roll. I need to see it before I adjust. Derek, you have thoughts there? Well, just I want to keep an eye on what Leonard Fournette does on third downs as well. I know Latavius Murray's been rolled in there on third downs on occasion as well in that Buffalo offense. But Leonard Fournette proved to have a higher pass catching floor than we all thought during his last years in Jacksonville and in Tampa Bay. So uh, I do think that there's a chance that he loses some work in the passing game too, not just losing some touchdown equity to uncle Lenny. So yeah, but see it to believe it. I'm, I'm I'm right along where Sapi is. Uh, We got to see what Fournette looks like in a bill's uniform before we panic and push him down the ranks. 
that's the big thing. The target totals for Leonard Fournette in his two years in Tampa Bay or the past two years in Tampa Bay were just astronomical. It was stupid. The amount of targets that he was seeing at the running back position, that is definitely a concern here for James Cook. Sapi, would you rather play James Cook this week up against Denver? Like you alluded to, it's a fantastic matchup. Or Gus Edwards up against the Cleveland Browns, which is not a great matchup. Back to back. And I love it when you get the guy I just pimped higher. And you did that here. So I'm a fan of that. James Cook hit a running back 18 for me. Gus Edwards, who all he does is score touchdowns at 19. They're back-to-back in my rankings here as well. Derek, let's send it to you. Number one running back to start. You know, we got to start maybe taking a look at that Denver defense and looking at the recent trends because, of course, those numbers are still inflated from that 70 spot that they gave up a long time ago. But uh, speaking of a long time ago, it's been a long time since Brian Robinson has seen 18 carries in a game. To be exact, that was all the way back in week two. Well, he saw 18 carries against New England Patriots, scored a touchdown, continues to find the end zone on occasion. He scored in three out of the last four games, and he's going up against a Seattle defense, which, again, we're talking about what they've done recently. The the Seahawks just gave up three rushing touchdowns, two to Gus Edwards, and one to Keaton Mitchell. So I'm kind of interested to see what this Washington offense can continue to produce against a Seahawks team that over the last two weeks, they've kind of shown some struggles on the offensive side of the football and – you know, the Washington Commanders offense, say what you will, they're playing all right football with, with Sam Howell under center. So I'm going to go ahead and continue to lean into their leading ball carrier, Brian Robinson, even though the numbers haven't been astronomical. Still feel like he's a, a decent running back two option this week. I will give you the hat tip, my friend, here for the segue that you did uh, leaning into Brian Robinson because also 18 carries back in week two. Up against the Denver Broncos. So I don't know. You didn't do it intentionally, but I think that it was a perfect segue there for Brian Robinson. Uh, Would you rather go Brian Robinson this week up against the Seattle Seahawks or Alexander Madison up against the New Orleans Saints? No Cam Akers, obviously, with now missing the rest of the year with another Achilles injury. Yeah, that Saints defense is one that I I traditionally kind of want to stay away from while Josh Dobbs did such an amazing job. And all I can do is give that man a bouquet of flowers for showing up in less than a week and somehow stealing a win on the road against the Atlanta Falcons with a team and a bunch of players in the huddle that he probably didn't even know their first name. I still think that they say Ty Chandler is going to get more work. Speaking of what Soppy used, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, So Madison still is the play. But I'm going to go with Robinson just because I feel like I have a little bit more confidence in what I can expect from this Washington offense as opposed to Josh Dobbs getting his first start, we think, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings this week. Yeah, those are that's another uh, pair of running backs here back-to-back in my rankings. I will give the edge to Brian Robinson myself as well just because of the matchup there. I do like the matchup up against Seattle a little bit more than the matchup up against New Orleans. Soppy, let's send it back to you. Number two running back to start here this week. It's James Conner coming off of IR, presumably. Again, this is a Wednesday podcast here. We don't know anything for sure, but assuming he comes back and it seems like Arizona's getting healthier, I would say at the right time, but it really doesn't matter for their season. Either way, <laughs> right. James Conner, to me, listen, the guys behind him have proven nothing, and I fell trapped to this. We thought Aaron Jones would be great because A.J. Dillon sucked for a month, and that took forever to happen, but I'm not learning. I'm putting my hand back on the stove here. James Conner coming off of IR. I mean, DeMarcado and Ingram, 3.3 yards per carry if you combine their numbers this year. In September, I mean, we're talking almost 20 touches a game. I don't know if he gets quite that high, but if it's 15-plus, James Conner, a low-end running back too, but a starter coming off IR after you've missed him for a month. 
Man, fantasy managers desperately need James Conner here this week with so many key teams out on by like we talked about and then just the endless stream of injuries here at the running back position particularly. So James Conner, you mentioned in that low-end RB2 territory, I'll ask the same question about Alexander Madison. If James Conner comes back here this week, gets in a couple of practices here, obviously we will know more by the time that you're listening to this uh, whether or not James Conner has returned to practice. But let's assume that he gets in a couple of practices here this week, James Conner or Alexander Madison. I've got Connor at 21, Madison at 22, and Brian Robinson at 24. So it's all the same tier to me. I'm going to gamble on Connor in this spot, thinking that the volume's there. This touchdown stuff with Brian Robinson is just bananas. So, I, you know, that breaks every model. Every part of my math brain does not like what Brian Robinson is doing. So I will continue to bet against him and probably be wrong in doing so. All right, Derek, let's send it to you. Number two running back to start. Speaking of being stubborn, I feel like... Th- Happy Gilmore right now stepping into the batting cage box when it comes to trying to trust Brian or Bijan Robinson in my fantasy lineup right now. Just kind of standing there and every single time that I get pegged in the head with a with a softball because I'm still a believer in Bijan Robinson being a top 10 fantasy back. I know the numbers haven't been there. I know Arthur Smith isn't in a full-blown war with the fantasy and gambling community. I'm okay with that. It's The talent is there. I still believe in him. And I really believe that Arthur Smith is hopefully not going to be so stubborn that he's going to die on his sword and get fired to the point where he's unwilling to feature his very highly drafted, talented players that are dynamic. So I got to believe that B. John Robinson uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, we're going to see Kyler Murray, but it's his first game back from an ACL injury. We don't know how he's going to look. We don't know how this offense is going to look. This It's not the air raid system that he grew up with in, in college with Cliff Kingsbury. It's a completely different set of circumstances for Kyler Murray under center against the Atlanta Falcons. Could I see Atlanta being able to run the football quite a bit in this contest? Yes, I do. Do I see Bijan Robinson having success against the Arizona Cardinals who give up a lot of uh, – fantasy points to opposing running backs yes i do i'm still a believer i'm stubborn i'm taking this one right in the chest but i'm going to keep coming and believing in Bijan robinson because i believe he is that dude i it's ridiculous here as you look at the carries inside the five yard line for atlanta the split between tyler algier and Bijan robinson the short yardage situations like put the ball in the hands of one of your best playmakers the guy that you drafted with a top 10 pick it's not that difficult Arthur Smith going down with the ship here. We'll see if that changes here in a potentially positive game script up against the Arizona Cardinals. Let's move into some running backs that we are looking to sit or fade here this week. Soppy, I will send it to you first. Yeah, I'm going to Ramondre Stevenson. I understand he had the long touchdown last week. So what? A blind squirrel finds a nut. And I'm told that that idiom is like true. Maybe a blind squirrel could just wander onto it. There's a ton of acorns. I don't know about your guys' houses, but a blind squirrel could literally like – a perfectly visual Kyle can't avoid stepping on acorn. So I believe a blind squirrel can actually find a nut. And that's what Ramondre Stevenson did last week with the 64 yard touchdown. Don't buy into it. He didn't have 64 rushing yards in a game prior to the long touchdown, whatever. He had 13 touches again last week. That's not a big number. They tried to get him involved. Then they only held the ball for 23 minutes. This new England offense is not fantasy viable. They are not on the field. They're not in scoring position. It's just, they're, they don't put running backs in a good position. I'm not sure Stevenson's that great anyway. And then you've got Ezekiel Elliott obviously eating away at his work. To me, Ramondre Stevenson outside my top 25, and I'm still not comfortable in locking him into lineups even after a decent week nine. 
So I'll disagree with you here a little bit. Now, I think that the analysis for Ramondre Stevenson is is fine. I, like, I agree with that. However, outside the top 25 is a little drastic for me because the Indianapolis Colts allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs here this season. So that's like if it was New Orleans, right, or Cleveland, like we talked okay. about with Gus Edwards, Alexander Madison. It's like, yeah, for sure. Fade Alex, uh, Ramondre Stevenson outside of the top 25. How do you balance that, though, with a very, very plus matchup here? And an offense that is struggling to move the ball through the air, so why not just continue to lean on the ground game? Yeah, part of me thinks that this could be an indie 40-minute time of possession situation where you've got Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss combining for 40 carries. They hold the ball. It's first down after first down. Not three yards in a cloud of dust, but a situation where Indy holds the ball for an extended period of time and then is leading, and game script kind of writes off Stevenson to some degree. I understand he's used in the past game. But again, once you put this game to the air, you're now counting on Mac Jones to pay your fantasy bills, and that's just not something I'm looking to do. All right, Derek, let's send it to you, number one running back to sit here this week. Soppy, I really appreciated your correlation between blind squirrels and finding nuts and all that stuff of that nature because I think it applies to my running back sit of the week because fantasy managers of Jameer Gibbs are literally doing this once David Montgomery returns to the lineup. They are closing their eyes to what has happened in the past because when they've played together this year, Montgomery has scored six touchdowns, Gibbs has scored zero. I love Jameer Gibbs as a talent and he has looked the part in the last two weeks without David Montgomery in the lineup. But guys, we've seen it earlier this season. David Montgomery is the leading ball carrier when they are both active. Maybe that has changed, but I'm not willing to bet to believe that until I see it. So that means Jameer Gibbs, as great as he's been over the last two games, there is some concern that once Montgomery gets back into the fold, we are not going to see the amount of work that Gibbs has seen over the last two games. I just think that that's the case. So he falls more towards the low-end running back two in PPR formats for me. He's a fade. I'm not saying he's completely cast out of the lineups and I'm sitting him everywhere. It just depends on your options. But I would temper my expectations for Jameer Gibbs if David Montgomery gets back into the fold in Week 10. I think the saving grace for Jameer Gibbs this week that Dave Montgomery and all signs right now as we're recording this here Wednesday morning are that Dave Montgomery is going to return here for this matchup. The saving grace for Jameer Gibbs this week is that they're going up against the Los Angeles Chargers run defense, right? So that is the like saving grace here where I'm like, okay, at least there's the potential here that Gibbs can take advantage of a positive matchup, something that there is the potential here that Gibbs remains, at least sees enough touches to remain in that low-end RB2 conversation while Dave Montgomery dominates the workload here. So Gibbs, low-end RB2, I'll ask the same question. We keep coming back to him, but let's go back to Brian Robinson. Would you go Brian Robinson or Jameer Gibbs this week? Gibbs. You know, the there's a reason why I'm going to go ahead and go with Brian Robinson. It, it's, just, it's just the guaranteed amount of work there is a game script that I could see maybe Gibbs getting some more looks in the passing game than what we became accustomed to in the beginning of the season with Montgomery and Gibbs if this turns into a higher scoring affair or shootout, if you will. Um, but I'm still going to go with Brian Robinson just because I feel like the touchdown equity favors him and the total touches if Montgomery is indeed back in the fold favors Robinson. All right, Sapi, let's send it to you. Number two running back to sit. Yeah, and it's going to be Zach Moss for me. And I, I get that this isn't a really out there pick or anything like that but it doesn't have to be to be right I, I mean Zach Moss has five top 15 finishes this season people are going to look at the fantasy totals 
and want to or at least be sucked into potentially playing him and I made the case for Indy to be run heavy in this game and if that's going to be the case maybe he gets there but to me with Jonathan Taylor taking over this role 45 to 13 in terms of snaps last week a continuation of kind of what we've seen over the last few weeks Jonathan Taylor trending up and the Patriots are very quietly the second best run defense on a per carry basis so I don't think Zach Moss gets there in quantity or quality of carries outside my top 30. Uh, we played this from an analyst perspective and even from fantasy managers. We play this. So this is a weekly game, right? We are so zeroed mm -hmm. into what was the last week. We maybe look at the last two to three weeks. Um, if you zoom out and you take a big picture view, I was shocked to learn this the other day. Zach Moss has the second most rushing yards in the entire NFL. He's been great. Right. Which is, um, it's amazing. Like congratulations, Zach Moss. That it was not on my bingo card whatsoever here for 2023. So it seems ridiculous to say, well, you're going to sit this guy who's, you know, just a few, a handful of yards, rushing yards behind Chris McCaffrey for the league lead. Right. Where at the same time, if the workload is not there, if the opportunity is not there anymore, you have to fade him. It's pretty clear here. Zach Moss on the downward trend as we see Jonathan Taylor move back up into the top 10 of weekly running back rankings. Derek, your number two running back to sit here this week. I've already emotionally moved on from Aaron Jones being a top 10 fantasy back. And I'm not going to fall into the trap Mr. Jones and Soppy, you Packers fan, I'm not going to fall into the trap quite yet of Aaron Jones being quote unquote back after a 20 carry performance, 73 yards, touchdown. That's nice. Four receptions in the passing game. This Packers offense is still very much a work in progress. And say what you will about the Pittsburgh Steelers who continue to win ugly in 2023. I think they're going to be able to heat up Jordan Love in this contest. I think the Packers are going to revert back to struggling to move the football against the Pittsburgh Steelers on a consistent basis in particular early on. So while Aaron Jones certainly had a very encouraging week nine performance and he does look at least healthy, which is a vote of confidence, but I still don't believe in this Packers offense right now uh, because they played against the Rams who were led by Brett Rippon and Brett Rippon we've, all found out again or were reminded that he's not a starting quarterback in the National Football League. So I'm, I'm despite the good performance, I'm still staying away from Aaron Jones this week. All right, here's a question that I hate myself for asking. Would you go Aaron Jones or would you go Rashad White here this week up against the Tennessee Titans? <laughs> Rashad White. Uh, pass catching floor is just there for, for White right now. White's getting the job done. All right, the NFL season keeps on moving, which means that we get to talk about some really cool, exciting new exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN, or you can click the link in your description, a deposit match up to $100 plus a mystery Pick'em special in the Pick'em Lobby to use right from the start all you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description sign up make your first deposit for access and you will find the special player you got right there in the pick'em lobby you need to take advantage of this offer right now before it goes away so sign up with the code pfn and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today let's move into wide receiver starts of the week here soppy where are we going i'm gonna go Cortland sutton we're going to the receiver version of brian robinson and i guess yes i was out on brian robinson and I'm in on Cortland Sutton. I understand how that looks, but listen, I think Sutton regresses over time. I just don't think that time is this week. The Bills own the fourth lowest opponent ADOT this season, and Jerry Judy's ADOT's 33% higher than that of Sutton, so this is going to be a Sutton week for me where they're playing catch-up. They need to keep pace with Josh Allen on Monday night. Sutton's been finding the end zone. He's been looked at in those valuable spots, so even if he's only getting – Five to eight targets. I think one of them comes in the end zone. So he's got touchdown equity, the yardage potential there, and a game script that I think favors him. Cortland Sutton, a top 25 receiver for me this week. 
All right, would you go Cortland Sutton here or Tank Dell up against the Cincinnati Bengals? I, I get the math on Tank Dell and against the Bengals who have the highest ADA against them. Like, I get where you're going with this. But Tank Dell's Gabe Davis, and I've been burned by Gabe Davis too many times. Give me Cortland Sutton, a higher floor than Tank Dell. Tank, Tank Dell's good. Don't get me wrong. I was wrong on him coming into the season, but I, don't, I still don't think he's going to be a consistent threat. Sutton, I think, offers the higher floor. Give me Sutton this week. All right, would you go Cortland Sutton here, or would you go Marquise Brown with Kyler Murray most likely back here this week? I was going to say, it's going to be Marquise Brown moving forward, but for this week, until we get, see exactly what Kyler Murray has to offer, I'm, again, I'm going to be a week late instead of a week early when it comes to the Cardinals, so give me Cortland Sutton in that spot. All right, I will do a natural promo here for, well, it's probably not natural if I call it out that it's no, natural definitely promo, not. but <laughs> youtube.com slash PFN fantasy uh, to, if you're listening to the podcast, you get to see Derek Tate's reactions here uh, and just uh, his thought process as he's hearing Kyle Sapi talk. It's absolutely worth the price of admission here. So youtube.com slash PFN fantasy. Derek, let's send it to you. Number one wide receiver to start. Oh, you fainted tank Dell. Why? Anyway, so my guy. We just mentioned him, Marquise, Holly, Wood, Brown, back and reunited, and it feels oh so, so good, Soppy, with Mr. Kyler Murray. So eight games played together. Some of this, by the way, had D-Hop available as well. Marquise, Hollywood, Brown, averaging six receptions, 10 targets, 70 receiving yards, and has scored three touchdowns in eight games with with. Kyler Murray under center. So again, I understand there's a lot of moving parts. We haven't seen Murray play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there is some risk involved because we just haven't, we have no sample size here in 2023, but we know that these two have played a lot of ball together and Murray in his first game under center in 2023, is he going to try to go to his safety blanket and pepper him with targets? I think so. And we also know that Murray likes to push the ball out on the perimeter on the outside more so than try to focus in the middle of the field because, you know, a quarterback that generally is a little on the shorter side has a little bit of trouble navigating the throwing lanes in the middle of the field, which favors, again, Hollywood Brown out on the perimeter. So give me Marquise Hollywood Brown as a fringe top 20 option in week number 10. Uh, you were talking about Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins there. Uh, mentally, I've just completely forgotten that DeAndre Hopkins ever played in Arizona. Like you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, wow, DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. Uh, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, Kyle Sapi, who's your number two wide receiver to start? I feel like I need to check my pulse here. Yeah, I know. This is as high as I've ever had DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Not ever, but this season I was out on him coming into the year, and it's kind of it's worked in my favor. He had a few big weeks, and I was dead wrong in those weeks, right in the other weeks. But he's a top 25 guy for me this week. Will Levis is showing that he's – the big arm is a real thing. Like, it's translated well. The decision-making is hit and miss, but it is what it is. His ADOT right now is 16% higher than that of Ryan Tannehill. That plays into Hopkins' favor. We don't think Traylon Burks is going to play. And then, listen, this is a Tampa Bay matchup. Like, that, that is what it is. We saw C.J. Stroud pick it apart last week for a rookie record, 470 yards in a game. They're the second-worst defense in terms of yards per pass attempt. They're going to throw the ball more than they were with Tannehill because they want to see what Will Levis is. Those targets are going exclusively to DeAndre Hopkins at this point. So, yeah, he's a wide receiver, too, for me, and that's the first time in three months that I've said that. <laughs> uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense allowing 35.7 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers here this year, the second most, only behind the Philadelphia Eagles here so far this year. This is a great matchup for DeAndre Hopkins this week. Sorry, Derek Tate. Derek, let's send it to you, number two wide receiver to start. Thank you for publicly shaming and putting a 
you know, basically a flamethrower torch to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary there, Soppy, by just absolutely destroying them. Thank you very much. D-Hop is a very good start this week. Anyway, uh, so my second wide receiver start is going to be Deontay Johnson. Sometimes he is very frustrating to watch play football because he's uber talented, he gets open, and he just has these mental lapse concentration drops that just plague him, it seems, on a weekly basis. But when he does put it all together... And he's seeing that type of floor target volume that we saw from him last year and got a little bit of touchdown equity last week, finally. It, it, it's certainly something that he can bring back significant fantasy value with that type of volume and fantasy floor. So I'm all about Deontay Johnson against the Green Bay Packers this week. Uh, just think that he builds off of two very solid performances, and I think he's seen 23 targets over the last two games. It looks like he is fully healthy and back from that hamstring injury that cost him, you know, four weeks earlier in the season. Before last week, Ben Roethlisberger was the last quarterback to throw a touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson, which is so incredibly depressing. Do the floodgates open now here for Deontay Johnson? Two we in a row. See- we will. I, no, I'm not calling that. I'm not stupid. We will see if that happens here. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 21 on the week here for me. Derek, would you go Deontay Johnson this week or Chris Godwin, who had a down performance but has a great matchup up against the Tennessee Titans secondary? I'm still going to go Deontay Johnson here uh, because I, I feel as if the target volume is a little bit more target share is probably a little bit more favorable to that of Deontay Johnson over Chris Godwin, who's still fighting with Mike Evans, who I truly think is the alpha in this passing game right now. All right. And then would you go Deontay Johnson or would you go Debo Samuel? Again, we have not gotten a practice report here yet as we are recording this, but let's assume that he's back here this week. Debo Samuel or uh, Deontay Johnson this week. I'll go with Debo Samuel because I feel like if he is back and healthy that they're probably going to try to feature him in this offense. I would imagine that they're probably not going to rush him back if he's still injured. So if he's 100% good to go, I could see him being integrated back into this offense very quickly. All right, let's move into wide receiver sits or fades of the week here. Soppy, who is the number one wide receiver? This hurts a little bit here because I think he's a talented kid. But Zay Flowers, I mean, he's got 30 total yards over the last two weeks. He's only hit 60 receiving yards twice since a promising start and it's it's a tough matchup this cleveland baltimore game it's i think it might be the game of the weekend it'll be competitive it'll be fun to watch i don't think it's gonna be fantasy friendly by any means you're talking a game that's got 20 to 16 written all over it with the run games dominating the defense is controlling the clock i just don't see the target volume to make up for what really is a lack of upside right now in flowers the floor is higher than the ceiling to me that's a problem he's outside my top 25 receivers uh, to be clear, too, game of the week is not a high bar here for <laughs> no. week 10. So Cleveland, Baltimore, a 17-14 game uh, as the game of the week. Yeah, it's not a high bar to clear here. Uh, Zay Flowers, the issue has just been game script. I mean, they, yeah. they are just every opponent that has faced Baltimore here over the past couple weeks has just ran into a buzzsaw. And they're, they're leaning up, you know, the run game. They're leaning on the run game here. It's not leading to a ton of opportunity for Zay Flowers. He's all the way down at wide receiver 28 on the week here for me. Has the potential to move down even further, unfortunate, unfortunately. Love the talent, just not seeing the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Derek, let's send it to you. Number one wide receiver to sit. Sapi, you picked my guy to go ahead and, you know, sit. So I'm going to return the favor. Jacoby Myers, ah. you're sitting just because of this one. Yeah, thank you very much, Sapi. No, I'm kidding. Let's, let's just be objective here. The, the Cleveland Browns are allowing the second 
least amount of fantasy points on a per game basis at 21.1. So say Flowers sitting, that makes sense. Uh, you know who's number one? The New York Jets. And that's who the Las Vegas Raiders are playing in week number 10. Uh, so they're only allowing an average of 17 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. That type of tough matchup doesn't bode well for Jacoby Myers. And while I liked what I saw from Aiden O'Connell, it was a clean performance against an overwhelmed and just injury-bitten New York Giants team. It was still something where we didn't see a whole lot of fantasy production from Aiden O'Connell, and I don't see that being the case against the New York Jets. So I'm fading Jacoby Myers this week. Uh, did you say where you have Myers in your rankings? Oh, I did not. Um, I Right now, I have him outside of my top 30. I have him at 35. Okay, I've got him at 33. So would you go Jacoby Myers here this week or Jordan Addison up against some New Orleans Saints? Mm, I will go with Jordan Addison. Uh, I just, I, I'm still a believer in Josh Dobbs uh, after what he did last week. Crazy. It is, it is worth noting here that like Jacoby Myers, again, we talked about the four teams that are out on by with some key wide receivers that are missing from, you know, fantasy rankings here this week. So Jacoby Myers would be normally a little bit further down the rankings here for me at wide receiver 33 on the week. I do agree with the thought process though. If you do have another wide receiver who's in this range of rankings that you can turn to has a little bit more upside. I agree with the call. Soppy, let's send it back to you. Number two wide receiver to sit. I mean, my guy, Derek, just said, let's be objective and then tried to drag me into a conversation about Jacoby Myers. Those two words just don't go together. My wide receiver to sit here is an equally boring receiver here. Michael Thomas, we saw him finally bust last week. I get that the floor had been high, but a goose egg last week. This Vikings defense, top 10 over the last month, they look a lot better than what they were. And Michael Thomas just doesn't offer enough upside to justify really playing him with confidence now that we've seen the floor. I don't think the floor is here to stay. I think the consistent production is going to be there. But if you're telling me the consistent production of wide receiver 30 is there with a low floor instead of a high ceiling to me, that math doesn't add up. He's outside my comfortable flex range. I am sitting Michael Thomas in this spot. Would you go Michael Thomas here this week or Demario Douglas for the New England Patriots? Yeah, now you're going to make me choose Michael Thomas. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Really? Michael Thomas there because I'm not betting on Mac Jones in any circumstance here. I think... Michael Thomas can get back on track with his like five for 60 kind of game. That's just not for me. Five for 60 is exactly what Demario Douglas does every single That's week. Fair. So <laughs> they're back to back in my wide receiver rankings here. Uh, let's go, Derek, your number two wide receiver to sit. Remember how I just brought up Deontay Johnson? Well, yep. to quote my boy, Woody from Toy Story, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. George Pickens is my other sit of the week. Uh, and I don't know why I'm smiling about that because it actually makes me very sad that George Pickens is finding himself on the sit list. But 10 targets combined over the last two weeks, just three receptions for 21 yards and one score. I mean, last week in particular, two receptions for negative one yard. It Right now, it's Pickens is a little out of sorts in this offense with Deontay Johnson fully back and healthy. So until I start to see some more encouraging signs from George Pickens, the passing offense as a whole, and him having stat lines that are were more what we saw once he Johnson was out of the lineup, Pickens feels like a little bit of a fade right now. He's definitely boomer bust. And I think that as you look at that stat line last week, should have been a lot higher if he can get one foot down oh um, oh for a score. We That's a totally different conversation for another podcast. Let's move into quarterback starts of the week here. We mentioned that you've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins out on by here this week. You got some key quarterbacks missing from fantasy lineups. People need an option to turn to. Sampi, I will send it to you first. Quarterback start of the week. 
Yeah, I was slandering Derek's guys in the last segment. I'm going to pump them up here. Brock Purdy is a top 10 guy for me against the Jags coming off a bye week. Debo likely back from the shoulder. We mentioned that earlier. The Jags, they're a blitz-heavy defense, top 10 in the league when it comes to that. That means a lot of quick throws in a Kyle Shanahan offense off of a bye week. To me, that's a lot going in the right direction here. Brock Purdy's got four top 12 finishes this season. I think he makes it five this week. I have Brock Purdy inside my top 10 quarterbacks on the week here as well. Derek, quarterback, start of the week. This is a little bit of a trust fall, but Geno Smith. And... You know, he had a decent day against Cleveland Browns and their, you know, vaunted defensive unit and secondary. Not so much against the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens really put it on him. And I expect much better days against the Washington Commanders, who, of course, traded away two very talented edge rushers. And they've had, you know, issues on the back end of their defense all season long. I expect a bounce back week at home for Geno Smith and the entire Seahawks offense in Week 10. You looked at the first four weeks here for Geno Smith this uh, this year, five passing touchdowns, one interception, was looking pretty sharp here, a couple of top uh, 20 fantasy finishes here. And then since the bye week, you've had four passing touchdowns and six interceptions for Geno Smith. It has not necessarily been uh, the you know as strong of a year for Geno as it was last year. This is a bounce back spot here. We'll see if we can get it done. Uh, Geno Smith in the top 15 of quarterback rankings. Tight end start of the week. Soppy, where are we going? I'm going to go back to Dalton Schultz, and I get that it's, you know, usually we punt on these tight ends after a big week, but I think he might be he might be blob adjacent now. He's no longer part of the tight end blob. He is above that. He's got a touchdown in four of his last five games. I understand that touchdowns are, you know, not the stickiest of stats, but we're talking a pass-heavy offense. I still think he's the number two option. You guys say he's number three. Regardless, C.J. Stroud is airing the ball out. They don't trust Damian Pierce to run the ball or Devin Singletary. That's That's less of a running back problem, more of an offensive line problem, but they're going to air the ball out. He's got 33 targets over his last four games. Schultz, plenty involved to be considered a locked-in fantasy starter this week and moving forward. We have talked about with, I think it was Logan Thomas that we talked about recently, right? That the arrow pointing up for, you know, a fantasy option here, especially at the tight end position. And then just as soon as we start to trust them, then it comes crashing down in a big way. And then you got to rebuild that trust again here. Dalton Schultz, the past five weeks here, Tight end five, this is in half PPR scoring. Tight end five, tight end six, tight end two, then he had the bye week. Tight end 41, then tight end one. I think that was the last time we talked about him. (laughs) Right, and it was like Dalton Schultz in week eight. He's a solid startup against the Carolina Panthers, and tight end 41 finish on the week goes two for five. And then this past week, 11 targets, 10 receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. I agree with you, Dalton Schultz, as solid of a bet to finish within the top 10 tight ends as any other option out there right now. Dalton Schultz into starting lineups. Derek, your tight end start of the week. You already mentioned him, Logan Thomas. Like it. We're having a similar conversation and a little bit of volatility once you try to trust him. But we're still seeing that consistent target volume. He's seen at least six targets in this commander's passing game for three straight games. Um, I mean, yeah, he did have that one dud performance against the Atlanta Falcons back in week six. That's when we trusted him. That's when you started him. And that's when he failed for your lineup. But all that being said, outside of that, he has scored a minimum of at least seven fantasy points in PPR formats every single week outside of that one performance. And that is something that I believe gives you a reliable floor that's kind of been proven at this point. And he can still have those spike weeks uh, given against quality matchups, which I do think that there's a case to be made that he can have some success against some of these Seahawks linebackers and safeties in coverage. So uh, go ahead and give me Logan Thomas in week 10. All right. So we are not even going to do a quarterback set of the week here because 
it's a very tough week for quarterback. <laughs> like us saying sit this quarterback would be super flex options, and we're not just going to do that here for this podcast. Let's go into tight end sit of the week here, which is just as like redundant <laughs> of a process here. Like, ah, why are we doing this? But at least pointing out some players that we do have some concern about. Sapi, I'll send it to you first. Yeah, I think the NFC North either has tight ends way at the top of the board or they've got tight ends that I'm really not interested in starting. Obviously, Hawkinson and Laporta are locked and loaded every single week. Komet and Musgrave are two guys I'm not as thrilled about. They both scored last week. I get it. Touchdowns drive production at the position, and Komet's got five over his last five games. He plays for Kyle Yates' Bears. All those boxes are checked. I will give you that, but is he that reliable? I mean, his three good games this year have been a little game script dependent here where Chicago's been uber aggressive. Do we think that's going to be the case on Thursday night against the Panthers? If it is, things are really going sideways here. To me, Komet, just outside my top 12, and Musgrave, this is a bet against Green Bay. Derek talked about it earlier. The touchdown grade, his first of his career, happy for him. He's a good player, and he will be a part of this offense moving forward, but Ford isn't now. Now is week 10, and I don't have any interest in Luke Musgrave as a top 15 tight end this week. I hadn't been on this podcast uh, in over a week here, and all it took was both of you slandering Cole Komet and Jonu Smith on the last that. podcast here, where I was like, poof, I'm here. Uh, I reappear here, and uh, let's let's make sure that we nip that in the bud. Uh, Derek, your tight end to sit here this week. I've been waiting to the very end of this show to get to this point. I'll make a deal with you, Arthur Smith. You give me Bijan Robinson and a full workload, and you can have Kyle Pitts. Fine. I'll make a compromise. You can have Kyle Pitts. I'm not going to go ahead and start him this week because you have made it abundantly clear that John U. Smith is here to stay. We didn't have any Drake London last week, and it was John U. Smith who led the team in uh, or at least the tight end position in targets, receptions, first 100-yard game of his career, and a you know receiving touchdown. And oh, by the way, you tried to manufacture a one-yard rushing touchdown to Jonu Smith as well, just for one more shot to the stomach. Arthur Smith, you win. I'm not starting Kyle Pitts in week number 10. No, no fantasy analysis as far as matchup goes, X's and O's, and anything like that. I'm just going to go ahead and listen to what you're telling us with your play calling, uh, Mr. Smith, and I'm going to go ahead and sit Kyle Pitts. I don't think that you really need a ton of analysis for sitting Kyle Pitts because everyone else in the fantasy community is going to agree with you. Yeah, I'm not playing Kyle Pitts here at this point. Thanks to Arthur Smith. All right, that'll do it here for Week 10 Start Sit Podcast. Remember, if we did not talk about a player that you have on your roster, make sure that you are going over to the Start Sit Optimizer that we have here at pfnfantasy.com. Absolutely free to use here. It is an awesome tool that you need to check out. The link for that can be found right here in your podcast or YouTube show description. All right, that'll do it. For Derek Tate and Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.